You're listening to That's Pretty Dark. The podcast where we talk about all of the entertainment that scared us as children. And still haunts us as adults. So grab your flashlight and join us as we take a frightfully nostalgic look over our shoulders. And under our beds. And in our closets. And together we'll realize, whoa, that's pretty that's dark. Pretty dark. <laughs> My lights are flickering. <laughs> Yeah. Still, <laughs> it just did it again. Mm. And my levels are peaking on my microphone, which I have not touched or changed the settings one whatsoever. And the volume uh, that you heard me at was was changing back and, and forth. And the volume that I was hearing you at just a second ago was yeah. changing back and forth. So welcome to episode about ghosts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're really excited about mm, it. Love ghosts. So yeah, they've joined you in your house. They're ready to go. They're, uh, they want to hear a good story because I guess to them, it's just a story i guess it's a good story okay it stopped now the light's on like it's the you know the light bulb didn't go out it's still on <laughs> just fine have you tightened your light bulbs lately <laughs> you got not around. something i do regularly you don't go around no. checking your light bulbs and like mm, no <laughs> make sure they're screwed in uh can't say that right i do uh-uh. it's i feel like the levels are still peaking guys if there's weird things with my audio please know it's not me it's a ghost well you sound fine to me on my end anyway Welcome, Welcome to That's Pretty Dark. To That's Pretty Dark. I don't remember what we say or how we do this, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been so long since we've done this. We haven't it actually has been like two or like three weeks month. now. Yeah. Not a month. I mean... Okay. Like three weeks. I mean, but almost a month. <laughs> we thought we were ahead of ourselves and, you know, it turns out you can never be too far ahead of yourself. Mm. You know, don't you hate it when you go stay with your, uh, you know, your family, your aunt and your... You're just filthy, rotten cousin. And then they're like, hey, you're going to be our slave. Yeah. Isn't that the worst? <laughs> like, <laughs> or like the summer. And if you don't do it, you can't hang out with me and my friends. <laughs> I hate when that happens. I know. It's a pretty common uh, issue. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't go to my cousin's Apparently. house anymore. Or at least it was in the 90s. The big deal in the 90s. Yeah. You had to prove yourself, to prove your worth. Not like today. No. Everyone's so welcoming and accepting today. Sure, yeah. There's no issues like that. Absolutely not. No. We have we've arrived as a culture. Transcended. As a society. Mm-hmm. We've transcended. Mm-hmm. I hear yeah. sounds now. I don't This is exciting. Granted, I don't know where Buzz is. I have another cat, so I mean it could be my other cat, but mm-hmm. I think he's under my blanket. This is the time of day when he takes a nap on my bed. Yeah. So definitely heard a creaking sound. Huh. Well, I had a dream last night that somebody broke into my house. Somebody that in my dream world I knew from high school, but I don't know this person from high school. Weird. And they broke in my house and they were like accusing me of uh, being successful. <laughs> oh, man. How dare you? It's like, how does it feel to be all successful? <laughs> like, oh, like, I'm not. Maybe it's like I'm your really <laughs> your alter ego, like your high school self talking to you. Maybe. Yeah. What my, uh, my fear of success that I have. Mm-hmm. That holds me back perpetually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're terrified mm-hmm. of success. The funny thing is, I think she was Kiki from you know, Midnight Society. She really? looked like her. Wow. Yeah, that's what you get for watching this and preparing I know, a I was, podcast yeah. about it. I spent like all day yesterday working on these notes and watching episodes. She keeps making me laugh. She's so funny. She's great. Yeah, so uh, we're welcome. Uh, I am Christian. We're welcome. I'm Galen. Yeah, we're happy to have you. So we're covering... Season one, episode three of Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale 
of the Lonely Ghost. Yeah, that's what you're here for. Got some good information for you guys. I'm excited. That's what you're here for. Yep. So, this episode was directed by our friend, DJ McHale. Love him. The official credit for writing goes to Naomi Jansen. Okay. Not Chloe Brown. Yeah. Maybe a different alter ego. <laughs> Maybe a different alter but she has <laughs> actually, more of I a, actually looked that up. It's yeah. not, but... <laughs> she also wrote the episode, The Tale of the Frozen Ghost, mm. which comes back in season two. So these are her two episodes that she wrote, and they're both ghost-oriented. Yeah. One is The Lonely Ghost, the other one is The Frozen Ghost. So... Uh, yeah, either she's just got a pension for that and is really into it. And those were her ideas that she was like, I want to do this. Or DJ McHale was like, all right, so these are the episodes we're going to, we're going to make and you're the person to write this. I don't know. It'd be cool if he was like, that was his writing friend that he knew was very interested in ghosts. I love that idea. Like, and he was like, oh, and this person really likes cryptids and monsters. Like I want them to write this. (laughs) It'd be cool if it happened like that. I think we both have that fantasy of like getting to that place in our career where we're like, we're kind of show running mm, oh absolutely i've wanted to be a showrunner since i was yeah 16 let's pull all of our resources and i have a, this we have this idea for an episode i'm going to find the exact right person to write that i want to have that like mm-hmm. team of people that i can always like call on be like yes yo you're up definitely so this story is told by david now in the season order this is his first story but if we remember from the pilot he told the pilot yeah. episode or story. Yeah. So, of course, and they're like, you haven't told a story in a very mm-hmm. long time. I just told one. He just told one like last week. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so uh, you want a summary? Yeah, hit me. Hit me with a summary. Oh, I made you. So, I t- yeah, I took a page out of your book. I got the IMDb summary. Yes. And then I have my hindsight summary. Cool. Yeah, okay. I finally got you on that track. I'm on. The, yeah, good. but you're better at it than me. I'm not. No. I'm not nearly as good at it, but I'm a, I tried. I hate it just summaries. happened as I began to write. Yeah, because I I hated the ones that I was reading. So I was like, oh, yeah. I'll just. Oh, know. me too. They had, oh. I'll gussy it up. Now that you called it out to me, I'm like, this is garbage. <laughs> so the official summary. A girl who desperately wants to be friends with her snotty cousin and her group of friends mm-hmm. agrees to spend the night in the haunted house next door to become part of the group. And now that sounds fair. That sounds I mean, fine. That is what happens. I was just, that's basically what happens. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. At least they use the word snotty. I appreciate yeah, that. Yes, snotty cousin. Mm. <laughs> My summary. I'm prepared. A girl who intends to make the most of her summer at her aunt's house agrees to play by the stupid rules her cousin makes up. Mm. The greatest of which is this, to spend the night in a haunted house. Nice. Although frightening, her experience in the house teaches her that sympathy and compassion will always go a longer way than judgment and dismissal, and that love can transcend the greatest of life's more formidable barriers. Time. Space. Even death. I said I was prepared, but I wasn't. I was not at all prepared for that. All of mine have been very, like, snarky and silly. (laughs) Yours is better than Uh, mine, because you're funny. No, yours 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 was very, uh... It, it conveys the magnitude of what's the, happening. See, I'm all about the magnitude. I love magnets. How do those work? <laughs> love is magnets. Is that like a like a magnet has an attitude? Yeah, that's what it is. A magnitude. magnitude. All right, I'm going to stop. I did have a question, and I was going to ask it, but now, like, Come on. in all of the reordering, I don't know where it is most appropriate to ask you, but I wanted to know if you remember watching this episode as a kid. I'm sure you'll address that, but mm. do you remember this one? And 
like, have you watched it between being a kid and now? Because I vividly remember, I remember watching this one as a kid, and then I looked it up sometime in college, I think, and Mm -hmm. I remember watching it, like, finding it on YouTube in college and being super excited. None of my friends, like, cared at all. Yeah. (laughs) And I was very, like, oh, my God, I remember this episode. Yeah, well, it wasn't really available until recently. Like, now you can watch them online and... I have the box set now of the, at least the original Midnight Society. Um, I birthday present from me. (laughs) Yeah. The first season, which is kind of when we first decided to do this, I think, cause we were like, what if we like watched all of them and like talked about it, but like recorded conversations. (laughs) We invented podcasts. Yeah. You made it. We invented podcasting. You've heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So I, you know, I haven't watched any of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, since I was a kid until the past couple years okay. when I've been watching that. I was just curious because this particular episode was like, I found it on YouTube in college yeah. and, and freaked out and remembered it. And I definitely re- remember pieces of it, not all of it. It wasn't. It's not one of the ones that stuck out to me. Like in my memory, when I think of it, it's not one of the ones that comes to mind, but I know it made an impact on me because like I recognize pieces of like my own stories, things that I've written mm-hmm. that I know I'm like, oh dude, I don't even know where that idea came from. It had to have been this wow. in my subconscious. Like I was rewatching it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I just watched it yesterday and I was like, damn, I recognize some stuff. Oh, like these themes. I see some they, stuff in there. They yeah. stuck with you. Huh. Yeah, I, I, this one I like if I think of Are You Afraid of the Dark, I do think of this ghost in this story. Nice. It's a good one. It's a, it's a pretty yeah. scary one as far as ghosts go and how how they do it. It's really pretty well done. You know, that's one of the things I like to like kind of address is, well, how, how limited film and TV was in the nineties. Like there were still great movies being made all the time, but those had like enormous budgets. Oh yeah. And some of the most talented people in the whole world working on these movies, making impossible things come to life. But these little TV shows like this for these, like, you know, little networks, especially Nickelodeon getting started, it had money, but they, even uh, networks now don't necessarily just throw money at new projects? No. TV shows especially. It's so hard for a it's TV show to go. so hard. Like, so many things have to line up. So for them to kind of get like creative and go, all right, I want this specific ghost gag. How do we do it in a way that looks really convincing and isn't going to be super cheesy? And I mean, a lot of the time it is still cheesy now, but then mm-hmm. it then sure it really was wasn't. not. Mm-mm. Sure wasn't. And that's like weirdly hard to do even now with like CGI. You're like, well, that was CGI cool Mm -hmm. but back then they were like how can we be as practical as possible i love that Mm -hmm. practical approach me too me too our characters for this episode amanda cameron played by laura bertram she's our lead girl she's the one that shows up to her aunt's house and has to deal with the cousin she was in the tv show andromeda oh wow all these connections and uh she was also in an episode of supernatural (laughs) i okay which i thought you would appreciate yeah i love supernatural and then she later came back to play the character of laurel in the episode the tale of the mystic mirror Mm. um so this was a a trivia fact i found online laura bertram is the older sister of jennifer bertram who appeared in the series revival episode the tale of the hunted as a character named laura nice so laura bertram later plays a character named laurel and then her her older sister plays a character named laura so it's It's like meta very weirdly meta yeah aunt dotty is played by pauline little uh, she was recently in Fatherhood with Kevin Hart. I haven't watched it yet, but so many either. people are talking about it. I really yeah, want to. It looks really good. Uh, she was in The Day After Tomorrow. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Shattered Glass. 
Mm. Any any comments? I like that one. I don't know that Nothing? one. I haven't nah. seen that one. Two out of three ain't bad though. That is majority, <laughs> if I understand. Those are fractions. Fractions. Yes. Yep. Anyway, so she returns later to play the character Ruth Buckley in the tale of the shiny red bicycle, which is. Ooh, I was about to say. Speaking of episodes that come to mind, that's the main one for me. Wow. That is the episode. I don't know why, but it is. And she plays the librarian in The Tale of Prisoners Past. Christmas Past. I wonder what that one's about. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> Beth, uh, who was the snotty cousin, ugh, played by Laura Levin. It's Laura's. Shout out to the Laura's of the world. Uh, Nanny, who apparently her name is just Nanny. Yeah, that bug- anyway, that bugged me, but we'll get there. Even though she is the... <laughs> Nanny. It's not like she's the grandmother. She's she's yeah nanny. right. Her her nickname Whatever. is Nanny. She's played by Sheena Larkin, and she returns later. Well, she plays the boss hag. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's ta- my goal in life. The tale of Watchers Woods. <laughs> Forget boss, she's babe. A boss hag. I'm a boss hag, man. I accept you as boss hag. <laughs> okay. Change your Instagram handle. That's me. She plays Sarah Simpson. In The Room for Rent, mm. which I recently watched that one, and that is scary. <laughs> Man, I haven't seen it. You didn't tell really me about this, creepy. but I really need to. Okay, I'm going to put it on the list. She plays Hermione St. Clair in The Walking Shadow, and she comes back to play Grandma Aggie in The Silver Sight Parts 1 through 3. Yes. So, so far, she has the most roles in this TV show of everybody we've met so far. Yeah, wow. Yeah, she looks familiar. She plays a bunch. She, she did a good job. I mean- She's really good. Despite the name and the treatment in this episode. Yeah. Well, her eyes she are like, well. have that piercing quality. She's really, yes. really kind of spooky looking. And the lonely ghost herself is played by Jenny Levesque. Levesque? I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Has an accent you, I think, <laughs> over the E, if I'm saying that right. Title character. She comes back later to play Christina Carr in The Tale of the Dark Music, which is coming up. Oh, yes. Okay. And I like that one. Yeah. I sounds good. That one too. And uh, she also plays the character Sherry Walker in the Goosebumps episode, Say Cheese and Die. Again, mm. which is a good one. Yeah, that's a popular one. Say cheese and die. Say cheese and die. Yeah, it's, it, well, it had Ryan Gosling in the original. Yeah, the first one. I've seen that one recently. Oh, I, I like. love Goosebumps. We're, we're gonna get there one day. We're gonna cover that. We'll cover the hell out of it. <laughs> this episode was composed by Raymond C. Fabi, Fabi, okay. and Judith Henderson. Some of the most talented people in film, as we've mentioned, composers. Yes, definitely. And uh, Raymond. Was credited as an orchestrator on the movie Holes, which I know you love. I absolutely love And Holes. many other yeah. kids, like, things, shows, movies, uh, such as Arthur. Nice. And then Judith did many other shows for kids as well, such as Arthur. And The Busy World of Richard Scary. Also loved that. But yeah. Cool. Right off the bat in this episode, we got Kristen. The pretty blonde girl mm-hmm. wandering alone through the woods, all like, ooh, what was that? And <laughs> we scared her really bad in the last episode with the clown mask, right? Yeah. So we featured her, we scared her, now we're featuring her again. Real important. We're playing up the young, pretty blonde girl. Oh, yeah. I Everybody just, needs one of those. It bothers me so much that they're just, they put so much emphasis on her. Yeah. But whatever. Um, anyway, so David walks up and like a real dweeb, just like, Puts his hand. He like pushes her with it with his hand. He's like, "Hey, <laughs> hey!" <laughs> People do that. They don't say like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" They like walk up and touch you. <laughs> it's never gonna happen in real life. I've never done that. I don't I need never anybody will. to touch me. No. No. Yeah, that's okay. If you walk up behind me in the woods, 
You better say my name. <laughs> well, if you see me. All the ghosts say your name too, so who knows? I'm used to it. I like <laughs> that more than some, if a ghost touched me. I'd rather him say my name than a yeah. ghost touch me. It's kind of funny hearing your perspective on this. Granted, you're correct about everything you're saying, but I really liked it. Like, I liked the cute little awkward flirty oh, meetup right. matchup. I, I was very into this as a kid too. Like, that's my sure. jam. Well, I mean, I'm sure as a kid I was like, ooh, yeah, I wish I could talk to a pretty girl. He's so brave. I ship it. No, but, I didn't even think like that. I thought, like, these people are cute together. I like them. Oh. <laughs> I didn't apply it to my life yeah, at all. I don't know. I find it kind of cringy, but I like it. I, I like David's cute little cringy 90s crushes. 90s crushes. That's <laughs> sure. what my Well, I read is. too far into it. So anyway, so he's there to give her like this birthday gift, right? Yeah. Um, and this is what I found creepy about it. He, he's like, hey, I was trying to catch you before the meeting. I wanted to give you a birthday gift because you know, your birthday's coming up. She's like, yeah, it's next week. How did you, how did you know that? that? That's a fair question because they have different friends. They go to different schools. Mm-hmm. They live in different places, different neighborhoods. And it's not like they had Facebook or even MySpace. <laughs> they don't know each other. So my takeaway was that some somehow David had to know about her birthday. So how does David find He's out? He's a stalker. Yeah. I'm thinking he's been looking at this this blonde girl for a while. Oh, no. I think he followed her home oh, after, one no. the, after one of the, <laughs> after the meetups all the way home, midnight. Seeing where she Damn lives. Damn it, you I had to go and ruin that for me. He's been watching her for a while, man. It's he is upset. I'm probably just one of the other Midnight Society members. Maybe she he talked to out. them about it and they told him. That's what happened. Okay? How did they know? Are they stalking her? No, she had a conversation. God. When you're a kid, a birthday is a big deal. You talk about it. It isn't far-fetched to think. Nobody else got her gift. No, that's true. I see you, David. I'm watching you, David. Like, you're watching her. I'm, watch- <laughs> oh, no. I'm watching you watch her. I've been watching that. Uh, well, I got... For for Amazon Prime Day, whatever, I got like a subscription to Discovery Plus, which is all the Discovery Channel ID and Discovery, yeah. whatever, all those shows, all those channels. And I've been watching um, Evil Lives Here, <laughs> which is okay. like a show all about people, like interviewing people who were close with com- like criminals, serial killers, murderers, yeah. people that were in their family. You've been all about that lately. Yeah, I don't know. You sent just... me the link to something that was like oh, I people know. who- That I just happened upon. Yeah, but it's like surrounding you. It is. It's weird. I, it's I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in that because I'm you always- okay? I'm... Do you need to talk about it? Well, I'm just- I'm always <laughs> suspicious of people, so- <laughs> uh, I'm suspicious of David. Hey, there you go. I'm not suspicious. I'm not suspicious of David and the cute little 90s crush on the TV show, but I am suspicious of like my own neighbors in life and all that stuff. You know. Yeah, me too. You can't trust anybody. No, can't trust anybody. Anyway, segue I don't, back. I don't trust anyone. So anyway, <laughs> and speaking of trust, that's what this like kind of episode is all about. Mm-hmm. So Eric, you know, we go to the campfire now. The Midnight Society's there. They're waiting. Um, Eric is, you know, trying to impress Geeky. He's throwing grapes up in the air and catching them in his mouth. And so he goes to, to do it again, tilts his head back, mm-hmm. and Frank pours water on his face, right? And he gets all pissed, and they're about to fight. And then Gary's like, all right, lighten up, guys. You know, break it up. Which I love that, like, lighten up. Yeah. Like, an- another phrase I've never used, really, ever in my entire life. Oh, I do. I, yeah, I think I do. I'll say, like, relax. I think I... I guess, but people hate being told to relax. Oh, so. Yeah, that's true. Lighten up is a little less... It's a little bit more lightened up. Yeah. It's a little, I was trying to find a way to say it, but yeah. yeah it's a little more uh, light. So this fits perfectly into David's story. So we have two things. We have this little romance between him and Kristen. So cute. We've got the two uh, guys, you know, bowing up and about to fight. And he's like, perfect. My story is about those two exact things. Mm-hmm. And he tells us, you know, it's about these two kids that don't get along because of how different they were. 
And he proceeds to say, in a love so strong, it can survive anything, even death. Oh, yeah. Forever. <laughs> so good. Um, also, I think I, I keep peeking. I keep hearing myself. Uh-oh. Uh, my ghosties some. are messing with your audio now. These ghosties are toasty. <laughs> Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story... The lonely ghost. So the first shot we've got is this uh, for sale sign in front of this spooky house, this dark kind of this wooden house. It's honestly beautiful. I would love to live in that house. That's what I have in my notes. Oh my God. It's so I said great. I want that house and I want that porch and I want those ghosts. Exactly. The wraparound porch. Give me the ghost. Give me all of I it. Like, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll I, take the writing on the wall. That's what I was like. Best mom, just don't worry about it. Like I'll, I will buy it off your hands. No problem. That will be our official. That's pretty dark house. Yeah. That we buy. And that's it. If anybody has a house like that, you can just give it to us. <laughs> Haunted or not haunted, we'll take you. And just you know, beautiful old the porch, the big porch, and it had the the stone columns that like led down to like clearly what is a basement. Yeah, because like you know, if you don't live in the south here, you can actually have a basement that won't flood. Yeah, nobody here has basements. I love that house. Love the porch. I want to mow that yard. I don't want to oh, mow the yard. God. So if I buy it, you can mow it. Mm. How about that? I want to trim those bushes. I will also say like- I want to whack those weeds. Beth's Beth's mom is so peppy that she scares me more than the house does. I know. She's like so weirdly like, come on, let's go and let's check it out. And you're here and blah, blah, blah. Like she's just so happy. The overly like clownishly animated friendliness. And you notice she keeps like adjusting her clothes. Like she keeps touching. She's not comfy. Yeah. She keeps touching Amanda and like fixing her shirt. And of course it's like a running gag throughout the whole show. Yeah. Just adjusting her, like, yeah, her collar, whatever. Yeah, I, but, like, I know that woman. Yes, like, me too. overly nice. Yes, we know that woman in life. They compliment sure. you. They probably don't tip you very well, though, and then they, you know, give you life advice. But it's it's weird because it's, like, she's not, like, a terrible person, probably, but everything just feels, like, thinly veiled. Yeah, well, she does make if, a if, comment later that's a little bit, uh, you know, harsh. Sure. That kind of, I feel like, reveals her character, but we'll get to that. All right. Well, before they go inside, you know, they're trying to get the luggage out of the car. A lot of exposition is happening really quickly to do with the house. You know that no one lives there. It's abandoned because Aunt Dottie says nobody will live there because, you know, she's the the real estate agent. She knows that no one's going to ever like live there because no one will ever look at it, according to Beth. And Amanda hears this like banging sound coming from the house. What was that? What was what? It's like banging, coming from over there. Um, and then, you know, Dottie goes over and she picks up the for sale sign, puts it back up. Um, so now we know. Scary house. No one wants to live there. Um, it's right next door. She heard a sound. Beth is a jerk. She's a real punk. Yeah, her eye rolling. Oh, my God. She's the worst. Yeah, it's really bad. She's a, she's a, yeah, a little. <laughs> <laughs> she's not nice. That's the fact. She is a not nice person. And she's dressed like just straight out of the 80s. It's not even like, oh my God. not even really the edge of the 90s. Like she thinks that it is still 1987, yeah. like yeah. straight up. It's pretty great. She's definitely a square Molly Ringwald yeah. type, but like with her bangs that are swooped over mm-hmm. like a tidal wave. Big like earrings. Hairsprayed. Oh yeah. Like crazy big, yeah, big earrings. She's just the worst. And then Dottie's really no help. Because she lets her do whatever she wants. Like, Beth runs this house. Oh, for and sure. And it shows. Immediately. And Amanda is just thrown into the situation. Which, of course, 
they always are. All these kids are always just thrown into this like ignorant adult. Yes. They, they can't help you. The, you know, it, the only times they help you, they're trying to help you, but they're hurting you by helping you. And it's always a big mess. So yeah, now we're in Beth's room. Her room is this weird combination of like childhood uh, stuffed animals and dolls and stuff. And then, but her walls are like covered in magazine cutouts of like fashion models and celebrities. <laughs> I want to so say- telling the line of like childhood exactly. and teenage angst. Yeah. Anxiousness. Um, but that's what every single teen girl bedroom looked like in the 90s, where it's like uh, we still have our stuffed animals and yeah. like all the things that we had as kids, but our parents, like where else do you put that stuff? But then you start having your own opinions about stuff, so you start yeah. putting up posters and 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 clippings of magazines and whatever else. So every single like- girl that I knew that is – 100% accurate. All the same. It's ladies. like this corner has this corner has stuffed animals and there are like, you know, magazine cutouts on the wall. And my room was no exception. Totally was like that. Okay. Okay. I guess my sister's rooms were like that. I don't really remember. Lauren, yeah, she just had like in sync and Backstreet Boy cutouts mm-hmm. and stuff. So I guess, I guess yeah. that make with like her her dolls. I did think about it because I was like, they did a good job on set dressing here. Yeah. Because it was very like it didn't it didn't feel overdone. It felt very real. Yeah. And I God, I like I get that they had to like make them seem super different. Amanda is this sweet little like unassuming, oh, what's going to happen here? You know, I'm just, my parents are away for the summer. She has to go stay with her aunt and her cousin. But Beth is in this like, she's like super fashionista. 80s fashionista. 80s fashionista. And Amanda is just like super baggy khakis and like oversized, you know, button up. Yeah. Sure. Like as just bland as possible. I was the Amanda. I don't know. For sure. But I mean like. Obviously, Amanda's way cooler than Beth. I'd like to think I was I mean, the Amanda in that regard too. <laughs> she's nice. She's she's sweet. She's a good heart. She's cute. But you you know. know what I liked about her? I will say, even even in this the face of this, so you're going to this unfamiliar house, unfamiliar territory with your aunt and cousin who you clearly don't really know that well, and you're both growing up. So these there's always that like line in the sand that gets drawn when the cousin gets too cool for school and has cool friends and whatever, and yeah. you're not part of her world. But right. she ha- like she takes it in stride, man. Like she's not Absolutely. really intimidated. She's not really she, she she can see what our eyes see, which is that the situation mm-hmm. is just messed up, and this yeah, girl yeah. is just really annoying. I um, have she's that not too. intimidated by it, and she she still wants to be her friend. You know, she wants to mm-hmm. to stay on the same page, I guess. But she's very much not taking the crap. You know, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that, that was the main thing I had. Like my favorite thing about Amanda is her determination to just like do whatever Beth says, not because she wants to fit in or because she wants to, you know, be friends with Beth's friends. No, there's no insecurity. She's not doing it for selfish uh gain or like surface level reasons. It's like it's because she knows that Beth is this like lousy piece of work. Yeah. It's not even really for survival. It's like She's just so much smarter she's than that. She's just going, yeah. She's just going along with it. She's like, "What else do I have to do?" She's going like, along with feels... it because if she doesn't, she's going to be bored. Yeah, <laughs> Th- that was the whole impression I got. She's like so much. Like she's a very secure person, and it's because she's All a reader. Of that to say, it's because she's so smart. Of course. So she was like, she'd much rather be like out with her parents studying rocks than like hanging out with her cousin. I, I also found what, that what funny. David said is, yeah, David. Like yeah. he says, her parents were some kind of scientist. He doesn't like yeah. explain, which is so funny. <laughs> I love it. I love when like. So is a kid yeah you don't you it's just 
some kind of scientist. I don't know. You know how it is. They're gone for the whole summer. Right. That's how scientists work. Right. And us as kids, we're like, yeah, that checks out. Okay. That like, checks out. Mm-hmm. We don't have any questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no questions. Continue. It's a child's Thank understanding you. to a child's yeah. understanding, which speaks to the writing, you know, I guess, I love too. Because if you over-explain good. too much to kids, it like it weirdly loses value. Yeah. But please tell us more about what kind of scientist they are. Right. Yeah. They don't care. No care. And they know that the kids don't care. Mm. So they they also recognize that their narrator doesn't have to care. And that's cool yeah, to me. Yeah, exactly. I love that so much. Yeah. So anyway, so we're in, we're hanging out with the girls and Beth is like, well, the only way you can hang out with me and my friends is if you prove you're not a Zeeb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote that so, down. So Zeeb being Zeeb. referenced to Zebo the clown. <laughs> so essentially she's basically saying you have to prove you're not a clown. You think so? So it's kind of like. Absolutely. You think that's the reference? I read that a bunch online. Okay. People were like, Zeb okay. is a direct reference to Zebo. That's so funny. At least that's the idea. I did look it up and I didn't find any other. It's not a common insult. I think it's Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe okay. being folded back in on itself. I like that. I think it's the Midnight Society going, I'm going to use that character and I'm going to use that phrase. Because mm-hmm. also later, Frank calls Eric a Zeeb. Nice. In, in jest. He's teasing him. He's like, yeah, you know, whatever, Zeeb. I mean, dweeb yeah. and all that stuff, sure. But like, yeah, I'd not heard Zeeb before. No, I've never Tracking heard Tracking the insults, man. So yeah, I think that's a, like a, uh, are you afraid of the dark slang? And I think, I think uh, Amanda even says it like, how does one prove they're not a Zeeb? Like, she's, exactly. She's, she's like, like okay, calling this out like, whatever. What, what exactly is and they never explain it, and no. that's so fun. I love that. Yeah. They're like little, like you know, Easter eggs are like dropping around, like the handprint on uh, what's his name's butt. <laughs> v- v- v. Yes, so Amanda gives her three. I mean, Beth gives Amanda three ways she can prove she's not a zeb, mm-hmm. quote unquote zib. We got rules in this friend group on Wednesdays, we wear pink. <laughs> yeah, right. Rule number one basically, clean my room every day. Rule number two, no matter what, don't snitch. Mm, snitches get stitches. Don't do it. And then, of course, there's rule number three, which is the initiation. Mm-hmm. You have to spend a night in the haunted house next door. Yet another initiation, hazing, classic. Oh, we know all about that. Yeah. We know all about that. Which is one of the things that I was like, huh, this must be back in my psyche because a uh, story you read of mine recently. Yes. There's the first two rules and then there's the third rule, mm-hmm. which is- the initiation right this kind of thing yeah it, it just sticks it really it sticks. sticks it's very much we all understood it inherently. it's one more thing that, yeah we understand on almost a primitive level we we get these things they make sense rules got it mm-hmm. so in case you know we didn't know she clarifies the place is haunted you know in case you're wondering <laughs> that creepy house we showed you several times that house is haunted mm-hmm. where you heard the noises from that nobody wants to live in uh-huh <laughs> you guessed it it's got ghosts. <laughs> Boom. Cut to nighttime. Mm-hmm. Now it's nighttime. Amanda's writing a letter to her parents. And I always think it's an interesting choice when films and TV shows have characters read aloud what they're writing. Mm-hmm. I love a good voiceover. Same. I don't mind a voiceover. I like because you get it. They're writing. This is, yeah, this is what they're thinking. That's it's it. It's easy to, yeah. And they were just like, no, no, we're going to have you say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> like, like in a... Chamber of Secrets when Harry's writing the letter in the uh, in the journal, Tom Rowe's yes, diary. Yes, yes. And he's like, what is yes. your name? And he's like saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, do, I don't, we can read. Like in life, that's not a comment. Like you're not, if you walk up on somebody writing, they're probably not saying what they're writing out loud. No, rarely. But I also kind of like, I like it because it sort of fits 
Amanda's character because she's like, in case anyone's listening, I'm writing a letter to my parents telling them how much fun I'm having. Because mm-hmm. she's like, I hope you're having fun. I am. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so secure, again. Just she's so secure. So like, secure. she's like smug about it. She's like, <laughs> Beth is stupid. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, God, mm-hmm. this is great. And she's in the hallway, too, like, out of Beth's yeah. room. Doesn't want to be near her. She doesn't have to she be. She doesn't want to be around Beth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's sitting out in the dark hallway writing a letter by the moonlight, apparently. And there's this creaking noise coming up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Real spooky. I love moments like this in in anything. It's always fun. Classic. Anything except for life. You know, in life, it's not so I fun. I would hate that. Like it happened <laughs> to me earlier my, today in yeah. the hallway. God. Fear of mine that I'll wake up to like my attic stairs coming down and like Ooh. somebody come walking down the stairs because it's right outside my bedroom. No. I'm so afraid of that happening. Hate that. But there's this, you know, creepy old lady coming up the stairs. Her hair's a mess. She's in full black, you know, wardrobe. And she's super spooky because she has this haunted past. I mean, she's a haunted person. Yeah. We come to find out for sure. You can tell by looking at uh, her. Figuratively and literally. Yeah. So she introduces herself as Nanny, which is still so weird. Mm-hmm. What? No, your name's yeah, like- I didn't like it. Your name's like Gertrude or Berta <laughs> or something. It's not no. Nanny. I mean, these girls are, are older. We should have clarified, but they're at least are. like 14, you know? Yeah. You know, they wouldn't just say Nanny, probably. Yeah. I mean, she'd be like, yeah, I'm the Nanny, if anything. Yes. The Nanny. They go to shake hands. And Beth throws her bedroom door open. She can just like sense it about to happen. Yeah. She says, if you touch her contaminated, wrinkly old hand, I'll never let you touch my things again. I don't, I don't, oh my God. gross is that? I, she's just a, a person. Beth, she just immediately solidifies the idea that she's the absolute worst. Yeah, I was about to say, I can't imagine a kid talking to an adult that way. And I don't know if it's just where we grew up. Yeah. But like when I was watching it, I was like, this to me is so unrealistic. That would never happen in a million years to anybody that I know. I think that particular kind of insult may be a little bit far-fetched, but again, some of the families I used to serve coffee to, uh, I could definitely, because they had servants and and housekeepers and like nannies, people who like- Yeah, employees of- They had, they employed people in their own homes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happens. I'm not necessarily knocking that, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I've I've babysat and like summer nanny and stuff. I've done that. But but I could see those kids yelling at their their nannies and housekeepers like that for sure. And I could see the parents go, hmm, be nicer. Right. I don't know. That to me- is unthinkable, but I think it's just because it's to me as a human being unthinkable. Like, oh, no. as a child or Absolutely. adult, I can't, I can't imagine talking. I hate to, to think like that, that it's possible anywhere. Yeah, but it definitely happens here. Ugh. So you know, Nanny, her feelings are hurt. Uh, she leaves. She's so sad. And then Beth's like, you know, I hate her, and I want her to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm too old for a nanny. She's creepy. She watches me, you know, constantly, and I know for a fact. She's got something to do with the house next door. <laughs> She's like, I think the ghost drove her insane. Mm-hmm. So we know that, I guess, Nanny used to live there. Right. Which is weirdly flawed. The logic of all that is so flawed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this whole thing is weird and backwards. But Agreed. Anyway, so now we know the house is haunted. And now we think, we know that Nanny used to live there. Now she's weird. She's a haunted person. And we think that they're connected. Maybe mentally unstable. Is also the way that they present it, which is sad that that's so scary, but yeah. Ageism. Mm -hmm. Stupid Beth. Get out of here, Beth. Nobody likes you. (laughs) Uh, So the next morning, Amanda runs into Nanny again on the stairs. She's carrying Beth's laundry. Yeah. And then Nanny drops like a watch Mm -hmm. on the stairs. Amanda picks it up, gives it back to her. So now they have this connection. Like Amanda's kind. 
nanny is sweet. She's not scary. Yeah. And so like Amanda was going to go wash Beth's clothes. Yeah. So Beth, I thought it was interesting. She doesn't want a nanny. She hates it. But she's going to have Amanda clean her room and do her laundry. Yeah. I, I don't get it. So while they're on the stairs, you hear this conversation between Beth and her mom, uh, which is the moment where I think, you know, Aunt Dottie kind of shows her her true yeah, colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Definitely. they're talking and she's like, look, we've talked about this. She has nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. I wish she did, but she doesn't. Yeah. Which can be taken as like, yeah, it'd be great if Nanny could take care of herself. Like, I would love that for her. Yeah, I don't think that's how, that's how she means it, unfortunately. I think she meant it. I wish she was out of here, but I'm trying to be a good person. It's weird that they have that conversation loudly in the house. Like, it's all for exposition and it's a kid's show. Yeah, but enough <laughs> but for still. Nanny to, like, hear it and be like, oh, yeah, nobody just, likes me. They really want the kids watching to feel bad for Nanny, I think. And I, I hope that they do, because I did. I did. So... Dottie leaves and uh, Beth leaves like immediately after her and she tells Amanda like, I'm going roller skating. Which is funny because she was holding roller blades. She's going roller blading, Beth. You're roller blading. Do you know what you're doing? No. Get out of here, Beth. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you're leaving. Why don't you go roll down a hill <laughs> into a dumpster? Oh, man. Again, night falls. We're, we're just jumping through time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like time lapse days. almost. A couple days. So now it's night again. It's the night so you see beth and her three friends standing in this weird circle around yeah. amanda and they're like "Ooh, you're about to get it and it's like faux ritualistic coven paradigm yeah but it's also just that moment as a kid of like the club you know you're, you're yeah. there's a club that's together and With a cool club. you know there's this incident this thing we're gonna incite something mm-hmm. now you know Trying like, to, like intimidate her mm-hmm. so beth proceeds to make up this ghost story on the spot, I think, Mm -hmm. which I will say, I thought the actress did a really good job in this scene in particular, because I really got the impression that she was kind of making this up on the spot Mm -hmm. because it's not a very good ghost story. It's spooky, but it's kind of told in this like faltering, imperfect way that sounds like she's really trying to think of the word and come up with the details yeah. that will make it. Like, what's going to make this really scary for her? I'm trying to scare Amanda. Yeah. So she begins. Our girl used to live there a long time ago, and all the kids made fun of her because she couldn't talk. And so Amanda's like, why couldn't she talk? <laughs> and it's this kind of humorous levity moment because she's like, why? And then she's like, because she couldn't. <laughs> And then Sally's like, oh, maybe she was deaf, <laughs> which isn't funny. But No, just the fact that they're coming up with it. Because, yeah. yeah, now yeah, Beth is like, it doesn't matter. Shut up. <laughs> like, just listen. The classic, yeah, villain and lackey, like, dynamic. Yeah, right. So the girl's dad, who was, quote, unquote, away in the war. Yeah, in the he war. He got sick. So the girl's mother had to leave and go take care of him. Mm-hmm. So while the mother was gone the little girl was supposed to go stay with her grandmother yes and along the way she runs into this group of mean kids who tease her and they chase her all the way back to her house Mm -hmm. and force her kind of into her bedroom yeah and somehow they find a way to lock her inside the bedroom so they leave her mother didn't come back for a few weeks and her grandmother didn't know she was coming to visit and so nobody knew that she was there Mm -hmm. So when they found her, 
she had died. Yeah. And that's where Amanda has to spend the night. She's in her bedroom. In that little girl's bedroom. Yep. And I mean, that's scary. Yeah. That is scary. I'm afraid of being left alone. I'm afraid of people. Like, I, I've, we've talked about it before. Like, I have that fear every time I enter my house of, like, somebody coming in mm-hmm. after me. Like, that is a very real, very scary yeah. proposition. Do you ever do that where you, like, you unlock your door, you open it, and you go inside, and as you turn around to, like, close your door, you imagine what it would oh. be like if somebody was running at your door. Almost every time. About to, like, kick it down before you shut it. Almost every time. Or some, I, I do that all the time. Ugh. It, it plagues me. <laughs> it's the same as me. Like if there's, if I have a, the blinds open at night before I've closed them, I always picture as I'm walking over to close the blinds without fail, I just imagine a face appearing at the window. Yeah. Every time. I get that. So I'm just messed up is the the moral of that. Hey, me too. Part of the story. It's okay. We're all messed up here. We're all, we're all a little messed up around these we're parts. A little, a little messed up. And I mean, yeah, that's scary. However, <laughs> number one, okay. This is a young girl, Mm -hmm. but she's walking to her grandmother's house alone. Like the mom just left in such a hurry to go to her sick father at war that she couldn't take her child to her grandmother's house. Have to go to the war. (laughs) Yeah, this unnamed place and this unnamed war. Run through the woods to grandmother's house. Yeah. I guess it's it's fairy tale. I don't feel like they regularly like bring spouses to battle. I feel like if they honorably discharge someone from service, they just send them home. And I mean, there are nurses and He's in some hospital somewhere for sure. Yeah. She wouldn't be like told, hey, he's he's sick and dying. Come on, see him. I know. It's just, it was funny the way that they said it. Yeah. So it's, it's, again, a very childish approach to Mm -hmm. uh, a story about like, they don't know how adult things work, how the world works. So they're just throwing facts at you like, well, this happened. You can either accept it. And it was scary. She couldn't, she couldn't speak. Why not? Well, I don't know. She couldn't speak. Yeah. You know, he's sick and he's in the hospital. Mom has to go take care of him. Definitely lends to that. She's coming up with it as she goes kind of idea. Yeah. Which is, yeah. It's pretty cool. So this is where we have another use of the word chicken. You could turn chicken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not go through with it. I was waiting for the clucking, but we didn't get the clucking. No this clucking. Time. No clucking. That's okay. I think it still counts. It counts. They, there's a reference to chicken. I like yeah. it. I like it. So she walks away. Amanda goes inside, and Beth is like, you know, laugh, giggling with her friends. Exactly. She really thinks we all did this. <laughs> So now the audience knows, oh, okay, no one's really done that. They really are just making this up. They're just messing with her. The whole thing's a fraud. Amanda goes inside and is immediately met with some giggling and banging sounds. Yes. Very funny, you guys. I know that's you trying to scare me. I don't know if you ever did this, but I had one really strange uh, moment when I was a kid. Just the one? Well, you know. kidding. <laughs> um, so in all these shows, there's that moment where you're alone, you're walking around, you hear a noise and you're like, very funny, you guys. Mm-hmm. Always. Yes. You always think you're being pranked or they're trying to scare you, trying to trick you. And I did this one time when I was at one of my sister's like softball tournaments, you know, cause I was young, mm-hmm. uh, the youngest and both my sisters played softball. So we would go spend entire days and weekends and mm-hmm. everything just like at ballparks. Well, they would be playing all these games and I'd be like, can you guys please lose already so I can go home? (laughs) And either I would do homework, play Game Boy. I really wish I'd picked up reading at that age because I would have read a shit ton of books. That's when I was reading. Yeah, I wish I had. 
or I would make friends with the other kids, you know, siblings, siblings. Of, of other people running, yeah. you know, people I didn't know sometimes if it was like a uh, park ball or kids from other teams that I would meet. Right. There was this one big tournament I remember, and it was this park that I did. I still don't even know where it is now. I don't know where it was, <laughs> but it was a massive tournament. I mean, fields everywhere, people everywhere, teams everywhere. This big group of kids was playing and we were playing in the woods. And of course, it was the like, whole don't go too far. You know, the woods are spooky. We're in there making up all of these rules and all these games. I went to go do something, see my mom or whatever. I don't know. Very, very young. And I went back to the woods and they were there. All the kids were gone. Wow. And so I walked like not far into the woods, but far enough to be like the sound is muffled. Like the park, you know, the crowds aren't as loud anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm getting far away. Like I'm too yeah. far. I shouldn't go this far. Ew. And I thought my friends were in there like trying to scare me. And I was like, come on, you guys. <laughs> I know you're out here. Oh, no. I know you're just trying to scare me. Like right. I had that moment when I was like, but it's from watching like Goosebumps mm -hmm. and like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because Yeah, I was, that was your cue. You I knew. was trying to, even then, I was trying to experience something scary like I was in a TV show. Mm -hmm. Even then, I wanted yeah. that fantastical, supernatural experience. I wanted something otherworldly. And that was, anytime somebody says something like that, that's just before the haunting. Exactly. I was trying to like conjure it. Yeah. Basically. I was like, that's, ooh, wow. this is my opportunity to make something spooky happen. I'm sure I said stuff like that at various times as a kid, but I don't, on, you guys. I don't remember intentionally thinking about it like that. Like, I want to bring this about. I did it intentionally, for sure. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is just like Goosebumps. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if I'll see something. I wanted to see well, that's something. That's so adorable. I still want to see something. Little baby Christian. Yeah, it just doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. But this house is just as good on the inside. There's no telling if they filmed at the same location. They probably didn't. This is probably mm -hmm. a, a different interior. Yeah, I don't know. It might even be a studio. They but built. like the house isn't that old. Like, mm -hmm. let me call up Dottie real quick. I'll, I will buy it. <laughs> yeah, right? It doesn't even look that old. Mm -mm. It looks like it was built in the 70s. Yeah. On the outside, at least. Mm -hmm. But she goes up this like amazing wraparound staircase, which, you know, we've been seeing a lot of those in like the cheap, yes. cheap old houses Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goes, love like, it. Goes up Shout the out to those guys. Love yeah. it so much. Great page. And it's like creaking and groaning. God, I just want to live in that house. I want to fix it up. Mm -hmm. I want to seat all those nails. Mm, all those loose <laughs> nails. Just like hammer them down. Oh, mm. man. What a desire. Polish those railings. <laughs> so she goes up. She goes upstairs. She goes into this room. Yeah. And she's looking around and it's all spooky. This is when it actually gets kind of scary. Yes. She's in the room. She hears a banging. Yes. And she looks over and it's a closet, mm -hmm. which, you know, we talked about closet lore mm -hmm. a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Closet stuff scares me. <laughs> like in, yeah. a, in a lot of my ghost story ideas and my scene concepts I have for things, I, I use a closet. Yeah. I mean, as that's like the first scary thing, you know, as kids. Yeah. Like the monster in your closet, the unknown. That's the first unknown you really experience when it's dark at nighttime. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I get that. It's the first time you begin to like wonder yeah. what's in there. If it's closed, if it's open. I went through different periods of my life where I had to have my closet door shut while I slept. Mm -hmm. And other times where I had to have it open. Wow. Depending on where I was in my life and what I believed. I always wanted it closed. And even to this day. Yeah. <laughs> I want it closed. Yeah. But did you ever hear knocking? No. Okay. We'll see. My logic after a while was. I, they, it can't knock if the door's open. I can't ignore the fact that I heard knocking Ugh. last night. So I'm going to open it. 
And my superstitious rule that I had, I told, I convinced myself, mm-hmm. if it, yeah, well, just like you said, if it's open, uh, nothing can knock on it. Yeah. So cl- I'm shutting out the knocking by opening the door. It was weird. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I understand that. I think that looking into the dark opening of the closet was always spookier to me. Sometimes that got so bad So I too, preferred yeah. it to be closed. Yeah. It's, it's rough. Mm. Tough to be a kid. It's tough to be a kid, man. It's tough to be an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Tougher to be an adult, but we didn't know Tougher. that yet. <laughs> so there's this mirror on the door. She sees her own reflection, and this mirror is going to play a lot. It's a really important mirror. Mm-hmm. So she hears this like scratching sound on the wall behind her. Super spooky. She turns around, and written backwards is, help me. Mm-hmm. I immediately was like, okay, because of the mirror. Right. So- the logic tells you that something's trapped in the mirror and it's written, it's writing it backwards. So, but in case you didn't get that, yes. she immediately looks over into the mirror and she mm-hmm. can see the words written clearly. It says, help me. Yes. Now, this is a nice nod to Red Rum. Of course. From The Shining. Yeah, I have that on my note immediate. All I yeah. wrote was Red Rum because I was like, that is- Red Rum. It's just the classic. Which, of course, if you don't know, go watch The Shining. But yeah. I don't want to spoil it, but you probably have seen it. If you haven't, <laughs> Red Rum is- Murder. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's murder backwards. Murder so like, uh, give me red rum over murder every day. It's kind of funny. Like my parents, my dad, I've, I think I mentioned how like into films he was. Yeah. Um, and that's where I got my love of film, I think, and, and reading. He loved books as well. Yeah. But I remember growing up before I had seen The Shining or knew what The Shining was. I think, I guess when my parents were, you know, dating or newly married or something before I existed. I guess, When did it come out? When was the original? Shining. Uh, Kubrick, so I think 70s, I believe. I don't yeah, know what year. So. 70s or 80s. Um, so pre-Kalen, in the days pre-Kalen, um, they apparently had watched it and it really scared my mom. Huh. So growing up, there were a oh, couple Kelly. things that my dad, yeah, oh Kelly. So there were a couple things that my dad would do if my mom was like getting spooked. Like if we were out somewhere, my mom was like, oh, I'm spooked, like I'm scared, whatever. Anytime she was getting spooked, my dad would just go, Red rum, red rum. Like, red rum. Yeah, he would. And I grew up with him doing that all the time. So when I finally <laughs> understood The Shining, I was like, oh, okay. It's so spooky. So, so I yeah. feel like I, even as a kid, when I saw this, I was like, that's from The Shining. That's <laughs> red rum. Yeah, it, was, it came out in 1980. I just looked it there up. There you go. Okay, yeah. So, that would have been, yeah, yeah those, those days for them. But so now we have two sound bites we need from your dad. We need the oh, cackling witch cackling sound. and red rum. And we need the red rum. Absolutely. So you got to make this happen. I can make that happen. He would be more than happy to got provide. To. And as you tell me the things that he's done. We can we'll add to the we'll list. Add it. We'll add it. Yeah. There are multiple things that my dad does like that. They're going to become our, our stings, our podcast stings. Hey, he would, he would love it. Yeah. So she notices this word. And as she looks back, of course, after we notice that it spells help me. Help me. The image of the mirror, like the actual mirror itself, transforms. It becomes like translucent. You can see through it. Mm-hmm. And you see the lonely ghost, the, the little girl standing inside the mirror. And she's in this like old nightgown. She got the like scraggly kind of hair, this tiny little girl. Yeah. And she's she's underlit like a good, you know, I'm telling mm-hmm. a ghost story. I have the flashlight under my face. It's, and I mean, it's spooky looking. It's a scary look. It really is. I definitely, it scared me as a kid for sure. Yeah. And she's surrounded by like darkness. So like she's, you know, inside the closet, in the mirror, very scary image. So, you know, Amanda's screaming. And that's, of course, the moment where we always cut to commercial um, on these shows. It's like, go to, mm-hmm. you know, commercial, come back. She's still screaming like two and a half minutes later. <laughs> 
It's so funny. Yeah. That, I feel like that happens a lot. It's a lot. They always cut mid-scream, especially in Goosebumps. That was the yes. go-to. Okay, maybe that's why it's so in prominent Goosebumps, in my head. In Goosebumps, they always cut on a scream. Like, that was the... Like, <laughs> it was, like, in the script. All right, scream, cut to commercial, come back, yeah. still screaming. Every time. Always. It's such a... I love that. Like, it's a it's formulaic. And all these mm-hmm. episodes are, are, like, on a formula. But that's how you can crank out, like... 13 really good episodes like every year mm-hmm. i guess all tv shows like this used oh, to I was about say, formulate TV is they all formula. had a structure that they followed tv is formula. they still do yeah to an extent you know most movies are too but the good ones deviate mm-hmm. but you know the image of this girl though it's so, super scary. so scary and that is one of the things i see in my head if people talk about are you afraid of the dark mm-hmm. and i feel like it was one of the more popular episodes even throughout the run of the show i saw it mentioned online that this is the quote-unquote scariest episode i would believe that people i don't that. i don't agree personally but i, yeah, I don't think see... it personally scared me most but it is scary it's a very scary one and i get why people think that for sure she her her eyes are all black. They're all mm-hmm. like onyx looking, and she's like she looks. She's got this kind of unintentional demonic look about her. I, it may be intentional, honestly. It might be intentional. The look, anyway. But I mean, this girl in the the story, for story's sake, this little mm-hmm. girl starved to death. So I'm sure she wasn't looking too great when she passed away. Yeah, honestly, this is one instance in all of horror. It, it from like I guess horror history where you know we say you you show the ghost you begin like you lose credit it loses yeah. oh we talk about it all it's the not time. as scary agreed yeah but this is one instance where the longer I looked at her the mm-hmm. more creepy it got yes I don't know what it was the longer they showed her the more I felt unsettled they did a great job with it like it was really I would well love done. to figure out and pinpoint exactly why that is because I agree like and we talk about it all the time. When you show your monster, you've kind of given away your hand in a sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as soon as people watching film or TV can can figure it out, it's less scary. Yeah. So hiding it, I feel like, is more effective most of the time. But I agree. This is one instance. Is, yeah. And there aren't that many in my m- mind that I it's come, hard like, to come to mind. It's hard to think of like other examples of just doing it so well that the more that you look at the scary thing, the scarier the scary thing is. I was like, stop. Oh my God, I know, stop I don't want to see. It's like a moment where like, if I can nervous laugh as an adult, if I can like chuckle at mm-hmm. something, I know that it got under my skin. I'm yeah, just kind of like. that's true. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh <laughs> you God. You definitely do that. I've watched, <laughs> I've watched scary things with you and that is your You've tell. You've watched many a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's my tell. Yeah, I'm like. I usually you know. am, mm. am speaking. Like I don't usually laugh, but I'm like, oh no. Oh no! Yeah, right. <laughs> no. Because I'm not like scared. It's not like a jump scare. No, no. Like but not, it's like, like I'm uncomfy. I'm not gonna lose sleep, but it's definitely bothering me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like to laugh at stuff like that because it's it's my your outlet. Yeah, it's my tell that I'm getting spooked. So you know, Amanda she runs all the way out of the house. You know, back into Aunt Dottie's house, and the only person in the house is is Nanny, who like steps out into the hallway with this like ominous, knowing expression. Mm-hmm. She knows that something's happened. Now we cut back to the Midnight Society for some exposition, as we always do, halfway mm-hmm. through the episode. Yes. Like, in case you're not catching on, here are the things that are <laughs> We're happening. We're going to talk about it. Here's what's going on. But it also, like, makes you feel like you're part of the Midnight Society. Yes. It, it like, adds that. I love that, yeah. Because if you didn't cut back to them, if you, if you cut back too much, it would be annoying. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't at all... You would be taken. You out lose of that the, camaraderie, the like yeah. You yeah. want to feel like you're sitting there on a campfire listening, yeah. So they all agree, yeah. This is pretty spooky. Mm-hmm. They're like, so you know what happens? And David's like, well, Beth wasn't home. Beth stayed with Sally. She was at her house all night, and Aunt Dottie was working late, 
So Amanda goes home alone. And then Frank is like, yeah, but she's stuck in there with the lunatic, <laughs> the nanny. Right. And they're like, no, dude, she's only a lunatic because Beth, Beth called her. Beth has painted her as one. Yeah. She just mm-hmm. wanted Amanda to be afraid of her. Yeah. Which is nice because it's like still telling kids who might not be getting it, look, Nanny's we, don't, nice. we don't know that Nanny's you crazy. You can't always believe the mean ki- kids, yeah. the mean girls. They, they might have their the own agenda. Kids. Right. I mean, even the nice people oftentimes. Actually, they're the ones who typically have yeah. more of an agenda than the mean people. That's that's true. Ted Bundy. Or it's not that they had it's not that they necessarily have more of an agenda, it's just less apparent the nicer you are. Evangelists. Ah. Aha. Presidents. Oh. Politicians. Well. <laughs> Santa Claus. Mm. You don't tell me to be nice. True. Put presents under my tree. I guess I was about to say he doesn't really have an agenda, does he? But I guess he does. Yeah. And I mean, what good does what good comes to Santa if all the children are nice? I've wondered that before. I'm like, how is this helping you, Santa? Why do you care? <laughs> but I don't know. He, it's not like he has to deal with them for any night except for one. And the more kids that are naughty, the less work he has to do. So you would think. I don't know. Anyway. Clearly, you're uncovering some deep-seated questions that I have, mm-hmm. uh, f- philosophical <laughs> questions about Santa Claus. We have, we can have a whole debate. We digress. Mm. Pedophile. <laughs> <clears throat> Not you, Santa Claus. I assume. I mean, you maybe. I don't know. You know. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know what you do. N- Not pedophilic things. I can assure you. You don't. You don't pedal. I don't pedal in the pedophilic <laughs> realm. That's good. As should no one. <laughs> we don't uh, encourage that. We don't. Mm-mm. Even entertain that. This is not entertaining. H- hashtag get therapy. Just get go ahead. Therapy. You know what? Get help. Get help. Go get help. Sponsor us better help. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Put an ad right here, smack dab in the middle with our midnight society <laughs> exposition. All right, back to the story. So Amanda spills the beans. She breaks rule number two. She snitches. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if I had to guess, she probably broke rule number one and didn't clean her room. I would assume uh, not. if I had to guess. And she broke rule number three. Because she did not stay the whole night. She ran yep. away Breaking screaming. rules left and right. She's a rebel. That's what I like about her. <laughs> Dottie hands them these two massive buckets of like right? soapy water. And she's like, you girls went over there last night. I found the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. You're going to go clean it. My question was, do people wash their walls with dish soap? Am I doing it wrong? Like the wallpaper? Yeah. There's, I don't... A, there's a particular way that you have to clean wallpaper. But they were holding dish soap. Yeah. I don't really know the proper way. Okay. The only wallpaper I had in my house, I ripped out. Yeah, I don't. I don't have because it was god awful. I don't know how to clean it properly now. My parents would know. They're um, mm-hmm. they have wallpaper. I'll ask them. Well, I'll get back to you. <laughs> okay, to good you. to know. Because I just, yeah. but I mean, dish soap is very useful. I wouldn't imagine dish soap. But I mean, how else did they clean wallpaper for? Exactly. Like, I don't know the past hundred and fifty years. I have no idea. They probably used. Everybody had soap. wallpaper, so everybody knew how to clean it in the 90s as well. I think I there was think. a way you had to do it in, in which you had to dry it appropriately, quick, quickly, I think. <laughs> how much can we possibly say let's, about cleaning you know wallpaper let's take a break for two people? I want to break down wallpaper cleaning right now. <laughs> we just, this the history is our of wallpaper. How to, yeah, we're going to, this is also a- uh, From the people a, who brought you watching paint dry. <laughs> this is a frightfully nostalgic podcast about children's entertainment. Ooh. This is also a home owner. Podcast. So <laughs> well, you you were discussing <laughs> seating the nails earlier. Yes, so, I was. You know. That's going to be my, my go-to from now on. I'm going to like talk about Home how, how I want to fix up these haunted houses. <laughs> that <laughs> That'd be a show. Funny. I would watch that show. Yeah, where they just – houses that are haunted where they just remodel them. Anyways, we digress. Mm-hmm. Where was I? So good foreshadowing with the two giant buckets of you know dish soap water. They go back to the house to go clean it. They go up to the room and 
you kind of begin to see that the word help me isn't written just the one time. No. In a very unsettling reveal, mm-hmm. help me is written hundreds of times. Yes. All over the walls Ugh. in varying shapes and sizes. Something about this deeply unsettled me. I know it's supposed to, but I don't know why. Really scary. I feel like, again, this is something that's they tried to do this. They try to have writing on walls in different movies and things. It is a horror trope. It's a horror trope. Oh, but, do you know what? Mm-hmm. Now that you say that, I also did have it written down. So it happens in other... Uh, Haunting Hill House is referenced. Mm-hmm. But I remember why I watched this in high school or college. Whenever I, I'm thinking about it now, it would have been high school. Because mm-hmm. there was a movie um, called Knowing with Nicolas Cage. Okay. <laughs> do you Have you seen this? No. I would recommend it, honestly. Um, okay. It messed me up pretty good. Um, but it's all about kind of like calculating the end of the world and figuring certain things out and coincidences and whatever. Gotcha. Um, very Nicolas Cage. But there is a, a moment, a reveal, where there's just – I won't say what's written on the wall. You have mm. to see for yourself. But this writing on the wall is revealed very similar to mm. this. And I remember watching that in high school and being like, oh, my God, this is so scary. And then it, yeah. it triggered this image in oh, my head. Oh, you were like, oh, help me. Yes. And I was like, I remember nice. that from Are You Afraid of the Dark? And so I think that's why I went back and watched it. Yeah. It calls to mind uh, the number 23 mm-hmm. with uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. An amazing, amazing dramatic performance, which if you haven't seen that. I think I have. He's obsessed with that number. He keeps mm-hmm. finding 23, which, of course, there's that, that phenomenon in the world mm-hmm. of people finding a combination of the numbers two and three and like 23 mm-hmm. and this guy goes insane with it and there's there's one point where there's like writing mm-hmm. all over the wall and something about it it's sad but i think that it's meant to tell somebody's mentally mentally unstable or losing mm-hmm. it like the the loss of your like awareness or whatever that you would just scroll this on a wall hundreds of like people going crazy in yeah. like lock up you know in prison or something writing on the wall over and over and over right Right. Which it's sad, but I think, but it, the the idea is that a rational person has no need to write something on the wall hundreds of times. I guess. Right. So if exactly. if they're doing that, there is a cause, and it's probably not good. Yeah, probably. So not good. They probably need to hashtag get therapy. Hashtag get therapy. Probably. But yeah, all the the help me reveal, and then I, <laughs> as I was rewatching it for for this, I was like, what is she writing with? Is like a crayon? What are you? What, did you <laughs> like die like, with a crayon in your hand? It sounds like chalk. As Maybe, like, but it's so, it's like charcoal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of wish it had been like scratched into the wallpaper, but. But I think that's how it's meant to look. It, it isn't that, it's but the not. scratch. I wish though. So. Yeah. That's that'd scarier. Been, that'd been way Definitely scarier. the unsettled. It makes me wonder if that wasn't the original intent and then somebody at the uh, studio or like youth television in Canada, if somebody was like. Said that's too scary. Uh, that's a little bit harsh. Maybe. Dude, I saw. Same kind of vein, but there I, I still can see the image of it in my head to this day, but it's something like Discovery Channel, Travel Channel, something when I was younger on like feral children, children that unfortunately have been neglected to the point that they consider them feral. I actually researched a good bit of that for this. It's scary. The idea of it, it's so terrible. The neglect could be so severe that mm-hmm. you're scratching things in the wall or just scratching the wall yeah. in general like an animal. Yeah. Not good. There was one main feral child that I found yeah. a lot of stuff on. Yeah, I think that um, that probably was the documentary that I saw as a kid that, you know, messed me the up. The girl whose dad locked her in the, in her room for like yes. 14 years. Yes. And like, yeah. yeah, yeah That's that pretty one. dark. That's pretty dark. But I remember seeing that as a child and it scared me so much. Yeah. Like, I think you and I also have that very like, 
the fear of losing control or the fear of like, mm-hmm. you know, not being in control of your faculties like that. That's why I don't do drugs. Ooh, yeah, me neither. I can't, I can't handle, <laughs> dare. I can't handle the idea dare that I could be not me. Yeah, I don't like it. And it's even worse to think and God bless, you know, poor children, that girl in particular, especially because like, mm-hmm. I remember just the image of her was burned into my head for so long. So it's just very scary. It's uncanny valley almost because it's like this yeah. doesn't even seem human. Yeah. But it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's been made less than human. Spooky. Yeah. It's been made less than human. And then it's even worse because it's been made less than human by neglect from another human. Yeah. God. Dude, that's though it's a real life monster. That guy's a real life monster. Yeah. To, to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. He's been made less of a human. And this group of punk kids mm-hmm. that locked her in the room. They're not human either. No. I almost researched a bunch of like black eyed children oh, stuff. But I guarantee that will come up. Yeah, I I think it will. That's why we drink does black eyed children stories yeah, from it's time good to stuff. time. They're spooky. That is that I would say one of the things as an adult that gets to me. They're more very than like most. modern cryptid type stuff. <laughs> um but anyway, we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the mirror. So they go up there, they see all the writing. Beth looks over at the mirror. And it morphs again, and you see what looks to be a reflection of the room, but what the room would have looked like when the girl still lived there before she died. Yeah. Because it's full of stuffed animals. It looks yeah. like the same room. It's the, it's like the past. It's you're looking into the past. Yeah. Almost. It's a look back. And this is one of the practical gags I was talking about with the ghost of like, I think that was just another room and they put a door there to look like a mirror, Mm -hmm. but the glass was just a glass pane that they fit into the center of this door Mm -hmm. to where they could light that room and make it look like a reflection. I think that was just a funhouse gag, honestly. Wow. I think so. I mean, I don't know for certain. I was assuming green screen is what I was assuming, but- It didn't look like green screen to me. Okay. There were moments of it that I think were green screen when they like made it warp and look all spooky. Mm -hmm. I think it was very practical. I think they, I think they filmed- into like another room. Mm-hmm. I think so, but I could be wrong. That's smart. I mean, yeah, I can see that. That's why I think that bedroom, I think these two bedrooms was a studio. I think they built these two rooms to to match. Yeah. I think so, but I could be wrong. I wish I'd been there, but I wasn't. <laughs> we wish. I was one year old. <laughs> if anybody knows different or better, please. Hey, yeah. Let us know. Love to talk to you about it. And if you know anybody that worked on this show. If you were there. Crew, otherwise, producers, actors, anybody. That'd be my dream. Tell them to uh, reach out. We'll, we'll talk to them. That's prettydarkpodcast at gmail.com. Ooh, nice <laughs> plug. So Beth becomes weirdly like mesmerized by the stuffed animals. As we've established, she's got all the stuffed animals. She loves she them. She likes she them. She loves them. Yeah. And she like walks toward it in this trance and she walks like literally right into the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and goes right into this past, basically the past. And on the other side, out comes the lonely ghost. So I guess they could like trade places. Mm-hmm. See, this concept, very familiar to childhood, child me. Child Kaylin yes, was me understood this too. intimately. Um, mostly because of a Mary Kate and Ashley film called Double Double Toil and Trouble. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that one was great. Oh man, I can't remember her name. I need to look it up. Um, Double Double Toil and Trouble, like they were twin. Mm-hmm. Her they they had twin aunts and they were twins as well. Gotcha. And they Come to find out the the evil mean twin locked the other twin in the mirror using the power of a moonstone. Mm -hmm. And they figured this out and wanted to get to free their their Aunt Agatha. Or Aunt Agatha's the mean one. Aunt something else is the other one. (laughs) But as a kid watching it, I was like, yeah, I understand the mechanics of this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This makes sense to me. There's a whole episode of Goosebumps that's about these kids could go into the mirror and basically like 
be invisible, I guess, like go in, come out, yes. be like a different version of themselves. And then the whole point is that the more you do it, the more you want to do it, you become like addicted to going into the mirror Ooh. and eventually you go in and you never want to come back out. And that's when your reflection version of you mm-hmm. steps out of the mirror and takes over. Ooh. So it's, it's kind of like a changeling yeah. fairy tale style. Lore, yeah. Where you're replaced by some reflection Yuck. version <laughs> of you. But anyway, that's not exactly what's happening here, but it's kind no. of the same logic. And we understand that logic. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, another innate thing that we just get yeah, as kids. as kids, fully understood it. Her name is Cloris Leachman, by the way, that played oh, okay. the, that gotcha. she just passed away. Rest in peace, Cloris. Leachman, that sounds familiar. I feel like I yeah, know. No, she's in a ton of stuff. She's very, like, very famous actress. Wow. But she played the aunt in, in Interesting. the Ashley movie in, like, 93 or something. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah, the ghost comes out, and she's approaching a screaming Amanda, who's just, like, mm-hmm. on the floor now. She can't get the door open. She's freaking out, but the ghost is holding a locket. Yes. Amanda overcomes her fear and looks at her and, like, basically takes the locket and recognizes Nanny. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole idea is that this girl can't speak. And so she's like, this is your mother. And she's, like, nodding her head. Mm-hmm. And we get a look at the girl now. She's not very scary now. She's still kind of spooky looking, but she's like, oh, you're just a little girl. You're not yeah. this like dead, I mean, you're, haunting. Well, you're a little a little girl that's in a bad way. You know, you're starving. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, starving to death. But I did want to point out that she looks so much like you. The little girl? Yeah, like she just looks like you as a person. Whoa. That could be you at like Thank six you? years old. I mean, maybe. It looks like you. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, I guess. She's got, you know, like mousy little face. look like a face. starving ghost. And then, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're terrifying to look at i'm pale i'm very pale i will say that you're yeah you're pale but she has like the dark hair you know you kind of you keep your hair kind of shortish i didn't as a kid my hair was long as a kid so yeah yeah, i just i just was like huh yeah it's like kaylin okay well thanks (laughs) i'll find a monster that looks like you too don't worry yeah 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 yeah. that's fine that's fine (laughs) yeah so she's like okay well i'll go get her like, can you open the door? Let me leave. Yeah, please let me out. So, you know, it's this like hasty. Now it's thrilling. She's got to go find Nanny. She looks out the window. Nanny's getting into a cab. She's leaving. Which to me, it's like you just came from outside. Did you not see her getting into yeah, the cab when you were? That was my yeah. thought. It's like you would have seen her, but. She ran through the house. They wanted it to be dramatic going through the house. Like she went up the stairs part of the way. A Nanny. big search. They could have yeah. had her go in the back door. Yeah. She shouldn't have to go in the front door every time. And then if she went in the back door, it would make more sense that she didn't see the cab that was out front. Exactly. Unnecessary because Nanny was just right out front the whole time. Right outside. Uh, so she goes to her. And of course, we have the like moment where. Her little like pendant locket thing on her on her coat. Yes. Um, matches up to the locket and one is the, you know, little girl and one is nanny as a younger mm-hmm. woman. Like a brooch. Um, a little a brooch. Yeah, it's like it? a little brooch, I guess. Um, and so Amanda's like, You have to come with me into the house. And it's mm-hmm. this really kind of heartbreaking sequence of moments where she like dragging her yeah. back to the house. And she does not want to go. It's so sad. And she pulls her in, and as soon as she comes into the room, she's glad she did because she sees the little girl across the room mm-hmm. who's just waiting. And it pulls a 180. She's laughing, can't believe what she's seeing. And it's this, uh, I don't know, really emotional scene where she's like, you've been here the whole time. Yeah. I didn't know you were here. If I knew that, I wouldn't have left. Yeah. So basically, her daughter died a long time ago. And due to the grief, Nanny moved out. And she wouldn't have left if she knew that her daughter was still there. Yeah. 
for who knows how long, 40 years, maybe right. longer. And we know this, we're familiar with this kind of trope, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Does it where the ghosts are still there? So yeah. you stay. If you have unfinished or something unresolved and you feel like you're missing something, you stay where you died. And not only that, but like the family members of the ghosts stay where the ghosts live. Oh, right. Well, they That's leave, but they're always, so. they're drawn they're always back nearby. Eventually. They come back. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the girl can't speak. So she's like basically gesturing to the mirror and she's like, yes, I'll go with you wherever you're going. Mm -hmm. Like understanding that we're just going to go into the mirror, whatever that means. Yeah. And they go in, they're all happy. Amanda sees them in like different clothing, what they would have looked like in the past, mm -hmm. you know, forever ago. Yeah. My understanding of it is, you know, they, they entered into whatever timeline where the bad things did not happen. Right. Almost. They just sort of pick up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool because they get to, in the mirror, in the reflection room, they get to open the bedroom door and walk out that door. Mm -hmm. She couldn't leave the house. She couldn't leave the room or the mirror, really, until somebody went in and like swapped places with her. Right. Basically, yeah. But she gets to actually leave this time in that other realm. Yeah, they leave together. And this sweet, happy ending where Nanny doesn't feel like she belongs in this world. She has nowhere to go. Now mm -hmm. she has somewhere to go, somewhere she belongs, somewhere she's it, wanted and loved. Yeah, it's hard to know if it's meant to be like allegorical, like they are now going to heaven together. Nanny yeah. died. So did you just kill Nanny? Like, yeah, right. I had a moment of that too. But then I, I also, you know, it could just be an alternate timeline, I guess. It's kind of that idea of like, well, if you physically just go into something where is your body? <laughs> is it? Did it just transcend? Is it just it was dis not. dissipate? It was not. It's a lot. It stopped is. <laughs> it's, yeah, basically. Oh, no. Ceased to be. Ceased. Yeah, and that, that's basically it. So everybody's fine. Everybody's good. Mm -hmm. Beth is out of the closet. Uh, she's out of the closet now. Yep. Good job coming out. Bravo. Mm -hmm. Congrats. That's why she was so angsty. She just needed to figure things out. And she did. That's good. So now we go back to the Midnight Society. This is the first time Gary says his now, usual, what becomes his usual, I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Yes. So pretty great. And I don't remember if he does in the pilot. I didn't go look to confirm because now that's episode four, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he says it in the pilot when they first aired it. I don't, I don't did, remember. We may have talked about it. We may have. I think we did. Frank makes nice with Eric calling him a Zeeb. Zeeb. And says like, come on, I'll buy you a soda to cool you off. <laughs> you know, they all leave. They douse the fire. They go. And David's like, hey, what about your birthday gift? Yeah. Kristen. And that's what I was saying too. I was like, come on, Kristen. She's like, oh, you're- I didn't oh, forget. Your story was so good. I just, oh, I forgot. <laughs> anyway, so it's a locket, like in the story. And it's a super sweet ending. Yeah. Even though I still think he stalked her and it's kind of oh, creepy. He didn't stalk her. She kisses his cheek. And she's like, I'll think of you every time I wear it. Forever, she God, says. So dramatic. Oh, as a kid, I melted, I'm sure. <laughs> I loved that stuff. You were like, will I ever find love Aww, like David? Will I exactly. ever find love? Would somebody ever give me a lucky like that? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's my life. <laughs> not really. It, it's so funny because that's so not who I am or how I am. But yeah. I love cheesy childhood crush type tropes well, we know all about guys giving girls lockets oh we do yes it's, we it's are familiar. almost like we've written a whole movie whole movie about, about that that happening and it's almost yeah. like we made it check it out marleyfilm.com boom <laughs> coming to a hopefully a streaming service near you a phone Maybe we'll or see. a computer near you somewhere somehow yeah so hopefully one day soon. But I did I did notice, like, I thought it was funny anyway that she's like, oh, I'll think of you every time I wear it. But it's like a locket. But it's like, you didn't want to look inside it? Like, you didn't want to see what yeah. was in there? Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe she didn't have the key. Maybe she didn't. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. There's no way to know. So, uh, scary rating. Oh, yeah. Scary rating. Um, I, I didn't write this one down. I usually write one down. Mm-hmm. I would say I'd probably give it like a seven or an eight, just the imagery of yeah. it because it stuck with me so much. Um, the idea of it wasn't that scary, but the imagery was very scary. Yeah. A happy ending always kind of ruins the like actual scariness of it because you're like, oh, that's not yeah. what I thought it was. But if you take it for what it is, I give it a seven too. Okay. So we we agree. And I, I also realized that we didn't actually like designate what one and ten are. No, we didn't. On this Probably scale. not. So my my personal scale to to clarify. One is didn't scare me as a kid. Okay, like yeah. n- no impact, let no no impression at all. Mm-hmm. Ten is makes me nervous, laugh as an adult. Yes. Okay. Like good makes me a little bit uneasy to watch. Yes, that's a good good so scale. That's a pretty wide range. Mm-hmm. Um, so ten being like I'm, I'll think about that later. Yeah. yeah. So I gave I gave it a seven. So as a kid, nice. this would have very much scared me. Same. That ghost in the mirror. That might be why I have closet issues. Maybe one of one of the many reasons. Not closeted. <laughs> Let's keep clarifying. I've been wanting to make that joke, but I'm like, but it's not a joke. We're not. Yeah, we're. It's in, not a joke. It's not funny. It's not funny. We're not even funny. No. Stop listening. Yeah, you don't want to hear us anymore. You don't want to hear anything we have to say. So, all right. So, tell me again how she died. Okay. So the little girl, didn't she die of like, you know, starvation? Right. She was locked in this room for weeks. Boom. That's pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, what you wanted? <laughs> no, no. It, was, it wasn't what was set up for a punchline. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it I, is pretty dark. I wanted truly. to discuss the different layers of, of this ghost story. Okay. Because we have this false ghost story told by Beth, who is making this up as she goes. Mm-hmm. That story, as it exists, it's clearly not true to an extent mm-hmm. because her mother would have never left her to go take care of the husband, the dad. Mm-hmm. And- the little girl would have never been left alone to go walk to grandma's by herself. Yeah. And probably wouldn't have run into this feral pack of kids, this mean mm. teenage kids that chase her back to her room, lock her in the room so that she can't get out. And leave her there alone. So a lot of questions, a lot of logical fallacies here. Mm-hmm. But again, this is just a made up ghost story by a bratty teenage girl who probably has no concept of how ghost stories work or really how really anything works. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a pretty spooky story. The idea- of this like savage pack of kids being like, we're going to f*** you up, you know? Yeah. I'm going to bleep that out. But <laughs> they just decide, we're going to ruin your life. Mm-hmm. Literally. They just, don't think it's going to kill her. But that's the thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, even in that context, it feels like they wouldn't assume it would kill her. They don't know where she's going. They don't know that her mom's not coming back. There's something weirdly dark about that and ominous that scares me when I think about if an ounce of that is true. It's not that spe- it's not a pack of children and that specific thing didn't happen. My mind goes to girls w- walking down the road alone mm-hmm. is abducted. Ooh. Is she, whoever man person adult gets this mm-hmm. information from her, where are you going? What you doing? What's happening? Eey. Picks her up, takes her back to her house where he now knows no one's living. Yeah, does whatever he wants. That is pretty dark. That's but that's Eey. not that's just me it's going. It's speculation. It's speculation, but yeah. this happens often. Yeah, and so she's making up a ghost story 
but based I mean, off the, of the some old story that she heard b- about nanny or nanny losing your child or whatever. And she didn't get all the information because you're going to sugarcoat that story to a child. True. So Ooh, that to me, that's where my mind went of like, what would the real story be? What a thought. That is, that's scary. There's this old story. And then there's the true story of nanny is here. Nanny exactly. lives in this house. She works yes. here. She works across the street. So the two um, things have to like kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. She can yeah. see the house. It's not so traumatizing that she can't even look at the house. She does. She didn't leave town. She stayed nearby. She, she works next door. She has nowhere else to go. So her husband died or whatever aspect of the dad being part of that story. He clearly got sick and died or whatever because he's no longer around. Mm-hmm. And her daughter died in that bedroom, maybe even in that closet. Ooh. So it's like. What's the story? What, yeah, what is happened? the story? When you look know. at like what actually happened, that scares me. Yeah. That's where it gets darker and much creepier. Because that's too real. And this is the retelling is more of like a This is the urban legend. Whimsical legend that came from mm-hmm. the actual like brutal horrible the, thing. The things that inspire these urban legends involve awful things. Yeah. It becomes watered down over time. But it becomes more fantastical. Man, I didn't even think about it. Like I didn't. I didn't go there. It's a guy with a hook for a hand. <laughs> um, so I'm probably going to go there more often than not because that's the world we live in. Yeah. Also, because I like ghost stories and I like stories. Yeah, and stories in general. Stories in general. Figuring figuring out what happened. This is the dark undertones of these old kids' TV shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, they talked about how a girl starved to death in her bedroom. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, what kid isn't going to go? Oh, I hope I'm not locked in 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 my bedroom. Right. And that I don't get forgotten. Yeah, even that story is is really brutal and terrible. But that is a, you know, way to circumvent other brutalities like Yeah. that could have occurred. So Were you ever punished by being shut in your room? Like go go to your room. Um yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was never locked in my room that I can remember. No. I never needed to be. You know, I wasn't the type of kid that if I was sent to my room I wasn't gonna be like trying to sneak out or something. Yeah, I mean I wasn't ever locked up either, but I could just see where it would be scary to kids if they were like yeah. punished and, and shut mm-hmm. in a room. What if I never get out? What if I starve like that ghost? In right. The show? So yeah, that was that was the big question I had for you was like, what do you think the actual ghost story yeah. is? What do you think actually happened? How did she wow. die in your mind? Yeah, I I mean she could have just gotten like pneumonia or like whatever. Yeah, yeah. It could it could be some and it's just the the lore and the legend and the myths. Clearly she died and clearly her mom blames herself. That's all we know. Yeah. Um either she she blames herself because she stays there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the guilt. She she feels like she could have done more. She should have done more. Yeah. But that's all we that's all we know, and that's how any mother would feel if their child yeah. died. So I I don't think she's I don't think the story is that she left her no alone yeah I don't. ever. But I think she does blame herself because she probably was there and she probably thought she could have done something different. Yeah. Something happened. She didn't. If she, if she needed a hospital, she didn't get to a hospital. She um, didn't get there in time. It could have same thing. Could have been working. You know, just wasn't. Home. She could have been a single mother. I mean, any, anything could have happened. So. Wow. But yeah, it's so sad because she's a haunted woman, but she gets to finally be reunited with her daughter. That was nice. Good ending. Good ending. Good ending. Good show. <laughs> Great show. Good you know show. What? Thanks we for start a podcast about it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, thanks for telling us all about um, the tale of the lonely ghost. Mm. Thanks for listening, and thanks you out there for listening. Thanks you guys. We thanks appreciate y'all. you. And uh, click our buttons. Just yeah, click our buttons. Send us emails. Subscribe to our stuff. Uh, yeah, reach out to us. Say what's up. We'll talk back. Definitely. Unless you're a stalker, then we won't. Don't give us lockets. Man, we keep making that those jokes. Ugh. Get out of here, you stalkers. Yike. Okay. All right. Well, keep it spooky. 
Yeah, keep it spooky. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. Can't wait to talk soon. Call me. Talk soon. Call, call, call me. Later. me. <laughs> if my mom picks up, hang up. I'll call you right back. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, until next time. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to That's Pretty Dark, written and produced by Christian Baxter Mott and Kaylin Andrews. Our music is composed by Jonathan Simmons, and our art is provided by Paige Garland at Power Girl Illustration. Join the collective nostalgia and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at That's Pretty Dark Podcast. Share your experiences and let us know what shows, films, or villains still haunt you from childhood at That's Pretty Dark Podcast at gmail.com. Remember, You're never really alone. So until next time, sweet dreams, everyone.